Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I had come across today two of the weirdest, weirdest memes I I had ever seen. And I, I guess one of them wasn't even a meme. It was just Billie Jean King talking about equity. And I was like, oh, oh, child. And oh, I'm going to get yelled at. I'm going to get yelled at for, for calling Billie Jean King the uh, feminist tennis icon child. But well, I don't know what else to say. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. This is, to me, a story of what happens when you forget where you came from. Billie Jean King, the tennis player. Billie Jean King, lesbian. Billie Jean King fighting for the rights of women and and going up against what was it, Bobby Riggs and that big tennis match, the match of the sexes and everything else. And I mean, you have to understand the the she was a huge, huge story for for a, for over a decade. She mattered in the political landscape. She, she she came across as rational, she came across as forthright, she came across as, as amenable, and just trying to make a point about whether she was talking about sexuality or whether she was talking about really women in sports and, and, and women in general. Nothing wrong at all with Billie Jean King. I mean, you might disagree with her on a topic, but you would never say that she wasn't focused on the thing that you might very well say mattered, and certainly... If you want to argue paving the way, she's one of those people you can say yes. Not everybody you can say yes. To be clear, Megan Rapino of U.S. Women's Soccer paved the way for absolutely no one. Megan Rapino has never paved the way anywhere. Billie Jean King, you can't say that about. Billie Jean King has paved the way or two or three. And yet here uh, she is on the Twitter box. Celebrating International Women's Day. Okay. You want to celebrate International Women's Day? You go right ahead. I am not here to judge. And how does she celebrate? Equal opportunities are no longer enough. Hashtag embrace equity. Hashtag International Women's Day. Oh, Billie Jean. Not my lover. Equal opportunities are no longer enough, says Billie Jean King. And this is a a tweet that has gotten 1,100 likes. And I'm sorry it got that many. What does that mean? Equal opportunities are no longer enough. It's not enough for women to have the same opportunities as men, as as one would describe, the concept of equal opportunities. So if it's it's no longer enough, what you're saying is you want more. So now we get into the real definition of equity. Equity is about the idea of saying we deserve more. If you deserve more, you're saying that somebody else deserves less. So we accept now the conversation that we've been having here for over a year discussing DEI. Equity is bigotry. You deserve more, therefore somebody else must deserve less. That's bigotry. That is hate. 
And I have no place in my soul for the people who hate like that. None, less than none. I really and truly despise those people. But maybe there's a part two. Why aren't equal opportunities enough? Why isn't that what we're after? That's what you were after. That's what you fought for. That's what made you connected to people who didn't even like tennis and maybe not didn't like anything about your lifestyle. They could at least appreciate, respect the message. You want the equal opportunity. And even those Stepford wives and even those Wall Street types and even those rednecks and even those those blue-collar dudes could all be like, well, yeah, all right. Everybody wants to know they can be president one day. Not everybody will, but everybody wants to know they could, and someone's not stopping them from doing that. Equal opportunity, I get that. That's what America should be all about, equal opportunity. And you can find people from every walk of life to be down with that. And now that's not enough. Now, is is this a conversation of uh, she she feels like the push for equal opportunity didn't work, so she needs something else? No. I don't believe that's it. This is the push to be noticed. Instead of being somebody who engaged a rational, cogent argument, you have become somebody who wants to be connected to the newest and latest and greatest argument, which is a conversation about equity, which means not the opportunity being equal, but the outcome being equal. And the answer is no. Your bigotry should not lead to poor results for my kids or for anybody else in society. You, by the way, Billie Jean King, are indeed a bigot if you believe in equity. So is anybody who engages in this equity conversation because you believe you deserve to equalize, you should equalize the outcome because you deserve a certain outcome, which means you're going to decide for others the outcome they get, and that's hateful. What you never recognize, what you never understand is that in the end, if you're equalizing the outcome, the outcome is never good. The outcome drops precipitously because that's the only way to ensure a fair outcome is to have very little outcome. When you equalize outcomes, you don't allow for people to have greatness. You don't allow for them to be exceptional. Like you at tennis, Billy Jean King, if we had equalized the outcome, everybody would have been on a tennis court just lobbing the ball back and forth at each other. Nobody would run for the ball, and nobody would know how to ace the other person. That is the equality of outcomes. No, I'm sorry. That, that, that is the equality of outcomes. I said it right. That's the equity piece. If you're going to equalize outcomes, not opportunities, the opportunity is if you want to go play tennis, go play tennis. And that the tennis court, you could argue, is not shut down to you, if you want to even argue it that way. If we're going to create the equality of outcomes, then everybody has to become a tennis pro and make $5 million a year. But since that is impossible, you go the other way. Everybody can stand on a tennis court and lob the ball at each other, and you all have the same kind of racket, and you all have to use the right hand. No, no left-handed, because that might create somebody who has a better shot. I mean, that's the world that she's actually advocating for here. Like a fool. And she's doing it 
because this is what she's told is good and decent, and she wants to be seen as good and decent. This is an absolute cry for help when you think that your name has fallen out. What she should be doing is recognizing that the equity conversation is a horrific conversation. And she should also be recognizing that the people who have been pushing LGBT are the people who have been demeaning and diminishing people like her. That's just one really weird tweet that I've seen today. The other one was indeed a a, a meme. And it was a meme about capitalism. Super, super odd. You know, it's like, how is it going and how is it now, right? How did it start and how's it going? You've seen that kind of meme before. And sometimes you see the meme, they, they say something, and then they, 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 they say something else with the colon, like, here's an example of how it's going. So it starts with capitalism breeds innovation. Capitalism breeds innovation. And that's in quotes. And then it says capitalism. And here it's going to show you an example of capitalism. And the objective here, one would assume, is to say that capitalism doesn't actually innovate. So it says capitalism breeds innovation, in quotes, and then it says capitalism, and it's a picture of 12 fried chicken sandwiches from Popeye's, Carl's Jr., Zaxby's, Chick-fil-A, Sonic, Churches, KFC, Burger King, Jack in the Box, Wendy's, McDonald's, and Arby's. First, I want those 12 chicken sandwiches and those 12 brands on a t-shirt, and I just want it to say capitalism along the top. That I Oh, oh, I'll pay. Just take my money. I am all about it. What? You, you may, if you follow me on Twitter, you, you, you've seen this. What particularly about this meme am I supposed to, like, be upset with? What, what am I supposed to say? Yeah, that, that capitalism sucks. I got a choice of 12 chicken sandwiches. If you don't think that's innovation, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do with you. I can get one of 12 chicken sandwiches right now. I can walk to any place and 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 they'll make it for me. And they've got everything there. I don't have to stand on some crazy line. Okay, sometimes you want the spicy chicken sandwich and it's for a limited time. You might stand on a crazy line. But in the main, I can get a chicken sandwich anytime I want. I got chicken sandwiches waiting for me everywhere. I mean delicious chicken sandwiches too. World-class chicken sandwiches. I want one, boom, there it is. It's it's like bread. It's like I walk in and there are loaves of bread waiting for me. And yet there are people who would rather you wait for a loaf of bread. You know, it's funny, sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food. The rich get the food and the poor starve to death. That is Bernie Sanders at his most magnificently ignorant. Maybe he put out this meme. Of course this is innovation. Different size chicken, different breading, different flavoring, different bun, different presentation, different price point, different deals. There is so much. It's a, it's more than just a chicken sandwich. It's like Meryl Streep in A Devil Wears Prada Uh, talking about what went into determining that color blue. 
The details are magnificent and incredible. And taking a look at the competition and what are they doing and how do you go about defeating them at that task? Holy crap, it isn't just a chicken sandwich. It's so much deeper and so much more amazing. And yet the hateful fool, the ignorant fool that is, well, way too many, looks at this and goes, huh, capitalism, huh? Yeah, capitalism also gave me 17 different kinds of pickup truck. And capitalism gave us all these kinds of radio stations and podcasts and capitalism and capitalism and capitalism. If it wasn't for capitalism, you'd live in a hellscape. Socialism has never created anything. The people opposed to capitalism never create anything. It is only capitalism. The opening of the mind and the giving people the opportunity to determine their own outcome, as opposed to Billie Jean King wanting to equalize outcomes, that has created anything. And certainly anything of actual value. Good things, decent things, worthy things, valuable things. Do not... Let these people tell you that your mind is somehow not aware of what's right in front of you. You know it. Capitalism is good. And what they want is just garbage. Because they don't want 12 chicken sandwiches. And I think we can all agree that we're all better off having a choice of chicken sandwiches than no choice at all. If you ever wonder how to teach your young kids or your grandkids about capitalism, start with this conversation right here. I'm Tony Cap. Four hundred and nineteen to nothing. That kids is decisive. That was the vote in the House of Representatives ordering the declassification of intelligence about what? The origins of COVID-19 regarding China. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Tony Katz. That would be that would be great. I'd love it. Come on, share. It'll be a good time. We'll cuddle. All right, all right. We'll just share some photos and be like, oh, that's cool. And that'll be it. The bill had already passed the Senate, and it would require the Director of National Intelligence to declassify any information about links between the origins of COVID-19 and the Wuhan Institute of Virology. 419 to nothing. I I think it's very important to keep this story in the backdrop because what you will be seeing today, and I had actually reached out to some people, you know, I speak with uh, Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army, about military things all the time. I've seen a couple people writing stories about China, the threat that is China, how strong China is. We're not prepared. I think it was the Wall Street Journal. We're not prepared to deal with an, an aggressive China um, a, 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 to, to, to take on their military. I'm like, why are we getting these stories right now? One of the reasons we're getting these stories is because China is not happy. China holds military advantage over U.S. as Washington prepares for conflict over Taiwan. I'm not saying no to this at all. But there are some other stories you need to be aware of to put China in a full context. The idea that the United States isn't prepared to fight China is not one that I put total faith in. 
But what I recognize is that our our leadership as of late doesn't necessarily have the willpower. And there's a real conversation about China's military as to whether or not they can take a punch to the face. They're all talk. They're all bluster. The Chinese are always about the threat. But can they take a punch directly to the face? And who said the punch had to be militarily? There's a story in the Wall Street Journal. A revolution is coming for China's families. By 2050, living parents and in-laws will outnumber children for middle-aged Chinese men and women. Take a moment to take that in and ask yourself, are you sure you have to defeat China militarily? Isn't China doing a pretty good job of kicking their own ass? And that has to be taken into context when we're discussing the threat that is China. And I don't disagree that China is a threat. China is a military threat. China is a cyber threat. China is a financial threat, which is why you have to starve them out and pull the manufacturing out of China, make them suffer. But part of it is what they're doing to themselves. Population trends are not cooperating with Xi Jinping's ambitions. The China dream, the Communist Party's vision of national prosperity and international power, faces stiff and strengthening demographic headwinds. Notice they're not talking about how other nations are opposed. The country is rapidly graying, and the largest dependent 65-plus population is soaring, and the working-age manpower is in steep decline. If couples are having to take care of their parents, that could very well mean they have decided to forego children, which means who takes care of them and then who works the factories? Well, Tony, they've got 1.3 billion people. I guess they've got a lot of room to work at it. Are you sure? What if they've built themselves out based on that population and they don't understand or they're only recently understanding, I should say, exactly how horrific the one-child policy was to their growth and now they're in a place that is very, very hard to recover, which may possibly make them desperate to engage certain actions a la Taiwan. It may make them say, now is our time for engaging hegemony in the area and some level of world conquest, because if not now, it can't be then. But when you see the 419 to nothing vote, this adds on to the pressure that Xi Jinping is under. He knows he is going to be pushed militarily, like you see the United States selling subs, nuclear subs to Australia. He knows that he's going to be pushed financially, as you see more and more companies moving out, even Apple moving, manufacturing out, and into places like India, and more and more countries discussing the importance of divestment to starving the communist engine. And then you have the internal struggle. You don't have the people. For that kind of nation. And now the world thinks you did this. And they're acting in a bipartisan way to say you gave us COVID. Or at least let's find out the truth, which you, China, are opposed to. This is not a conversation the walls are closing in. I don't talk like this. But China's saber rattling is because China may not have any other things to do. They got to try and shut you up and make you scared. I never, ever question whether or not they're a real threat. They are a real threat. 
militarily and otherwise. But they aren't totally on top. They have their own issues that they are having a hard time overcoming, and we should make those issues even more difficult. And that doesn't have to be militarily at the first. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. I don't think I would describe it as Visa and MasterCard learning the error of their ways. I think that would be that would be to believe that Visa or MasterCard believes they ever have an error to their ways. But that they're going to pause work on the code that would track gun purchases, I absolutely positively applaud this. Because when it first came into being, it was obvious this was the attempt to create a gun registry. That's that's all it was, and that's all it could ever be seen as. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on? Everything TonyKatz.locals.com. Twitter, Tony Katz. Instagram, Tony Katz. Why not? Follow me over there. It's fun. It's good for you. It'll make you taller, and it'll cure gout. It will not actually cure gout. The International Organization for Standardization, they're the ones who create the MCCs, the Merchant Category Codes. So if you're a restaurant, you go under uh, this uh, code. If you're, if you're a, uh, a, a, I don't know, a shoe store, you go under that code, right? Different codes for different things and different purposes. Well, in the world of firearms, it actually went under sporting goods. If, if I remember right, and remember, I know something about credit card processing. My family, long time in the merchant services business, and as my my parents get older and they and they need the help. There I am. I mean, uh, who, who knew at this stage of the radio career I would also uh, be in uh, the merchant services career? But say la vie, say la vie. That's the way it is, dude. Family does as family does, and you better be there to help them when they need it. You know, of course, depending on the on the family. But this uh, about the code was always, always, always about creating a gun registry. And that was indeed a problem because if you're now engaging these 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 codes, you're very specifically targeting what people are buying under that code. This is part of the problem of a plastic world. And without question, this is why I 100% oppose digital currency. Wait, hold on, let me rephrase that. I oppose a U.S. digital currency. Oh, there are people pushing this. Left and right, a digital currency. Do away with dollars and bring on the digital. Why not just have a chip in your hand? And you know there are people out there ignorant enough to do it. And when I say ignorant enough, I I get what you're saying. People can make their own decisions. I'm not telling them they can't. Deciding to have a chip put in your hand or in your arm that you'll be able to have all your transactions with and all your communications with, and all of your data with, is ignorant. At first, you've never read any dystopian sci-fi, and you need to, desperately. Secondly, there is a conversation to be had about the necessity for privacy. If we were to talk culturally about the things that we're seeing and the problems that we have in society— Part of that problem would be traced back to the idea that everybody sees everything everywhere. 
What, what people like Gary Vaynerchuk see as a positive, I see not so positively. And it's not because I'm opposed to social media. It's that, no, not everybody wants to see everything. And really said better, not everyone should see everything. He makes the argument that when Twitter came to be, who's going to actually want to see what you had for lunch every day? And his answer was everyone. That's a legitimately good answer. But there is no follow-up to that, which is, should they? Should you post it and should they see it? Is there any question that social media has become the narcissist playground? People will forego human interaction for nine more views and 12 more likes. That's their satisfaction. That is what warms them. Now you say to me, well, so that's what moves them and that's that's what warms them. That's fine. Is it? I put forth to you that it isn't. I put forth to you that nothing is more valuable, more important, more reassuring than human interaction and that without human interaction, what you get is is a false positive. What you get is people searching for the high, and that high never stops being searched for. That's a dangerous, dangerous moment, a dangerous society. Guys, that is bad news. And if you say to me, prove it, okay, walk out your front door. I have now proven it. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. I mean, that's the that's the story. That's the story. Now you tell me people are going to be in favor of a digital currency. Well, what's the big deal? I'm not buying anything wrong. I'm not buying anything wrong either when I purchase a firearm. The issue is somebody else will determine I'm buying something wrong. And in a world of nothing but digital currency, they'll stop me from buying it. Because what do you think you can do with a digital currency? You can just shut it all down. You can just shut it all down. And I think that's nuts. Picture the scenario. You've bought a gun. You buy a second gun. You go to buy a third gun and some warning comes up. This person has purchased too many firearms. This person has purchased too many firearms and therefore we can't have them buying any more firearms. You don't think that can happen? You don't think there could be a glitch And the glitch will mean you're not able to purchase a firearm until the next month or the next two months or the next three. What if it's a candy bar? Oh, too many candy bars. Too many candy bars you've purchased this month. And all of a sudden, oh, it's just a glitch. It happens sometimes. Sure. Sure. Believe what you will. Believe what you will. It's not the way it works. A society that wants to control what you do, will control what you do. And when you give them the opportunity to control what you do, they will take control of it. I didn't even think that was a debatable point. I really didn't. And registries are one of the ways they can do this. Everything you purchase recorded. Why do you even need to talk about digital currency? When everyone's paying by credit card. Still, you guys, I I would pull out the cash I have and count it, but I think people would have heart attacks. 
it freaks people out to no end that I carry cash. And I don't just carry cash. Like I don't have 40 bucks on me. I've got multiples. And I'm I'm truly convinced that it's cultural. I thought it was age. Like I thought that it was all about uh um like 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 being a Gen X or, or something like that. No, 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 no. Because my generation looks at me like I got nine heads. Turns out there's a certain personality type that that does this. And often it is a personality type that likes to show off. This is what I've seen. I don't wrap my cash with the big bills out. The big bills are always in. The people who want to show off are always doing the big bills out. Oh, look at me pulling out the big wad of cash. There's a hundo. There's a hundo. Watch Ben fly. Woo! That's not, that is not my thing. But I don't feel comfortable not having cash. Because when things go wrong and the stuff hits the fan or said differently, there's a glitch, I want to have a way to get what it is that I need. I want to have the way to ensure that I can still take care of either myself or my family. And I get that other people think it's like a super weird quirk. Whatever. I can't I, I can't help them. But the gun registry thing, of course, is dangerous and is a violation because just like there can be a glitch, there can be a leak. Oh, look, all the people who bought a firearm this month, it got leaked out in the state of Arkansas. Oh, my gosh, what a shame. Oh, it happens. Meanwhile, your neighbors need to know what it is you're purchasing. Well, the purpose here is to engage shame. And then the purpose here to say is, hmm, you bought four firearms. What do you have planned? Huh, now I'm worried. Hey, police, my neighbor bought four firearms. Hi, knock, knock, knock. We're the police. You bought four firearms, according to your neighbor. Everything okay? You tell me I'm conspiratorial, you feel free. You know deep down in your deep down places that I am correct. I'm right. This is the problem. This is the issue. It can't, we're not in a place of, of deniability. We see it for exactly what it is. So when you see that the the people of Visa Mastercard are are not are not moving forward, they're slowing down. This is a very very good thing. The anti-gun people, of course, want the code because they they they're not even shy about it. It'll monitor suspicious activity that could lead to mass shootings. That's how the story is written from Fox News. No, 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 no. They consider anything to be suspicious activity. Whatever they disagree with is suspicious activity. That's who they are. So MasterCard's saying that they've paused it. Today, there are bills advancing in several states related to the use of this new code. If passed, the result will be an inconsistency in how this ISO standard could be applied by merchants, issuers, acquirers, and networks. So there's a difference between the issuer, which is the person you get, the, the business you get the credit card from, like a, like a chase, and the acquirer, the people actually accepting the credit card for payment. 
It is for that reason that we have decided to pause work on the implementation of the firearm-specific MCC. Now, one can hope that it never, ever, ever comes back. And it shouldn't. It absolutely shouldn't come back. And the International Organization for Standardization was wrong to do this. But when you've got woke people running your society, you get this kind of nonsense, this kind of hate. And it is hate. We decide what it is you buy. We decide how much of it you buy. And if we don't like what you buy, well, then we do what we can to shut you down. That's evil. That's wrong. Which is why I oppose the MCC code, which is why I oppose registries, which is why I oppose a a, a centralized government digital currency. When given the chance to exercise power, they will exercise it on you because after all, they're fine. It's you who need to be told, to be trained, to be taught, to be shown. And sometimes you Go a little overboard, and you need to be reined in by your betters. We'll keep an eye on this story. Find everything, TonyCats.Locals.com, TonyCats.Locals.com. Man, I need a I need a cigar. This is Tony Katz Today. It was MSNBC earlier today letting their fetish freak flag fly. Try saying that five times fast on radio or even once. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. And they're all in a super joyful tizzy because they think that Trump is going to get charged. There's going to be an indictment. Isn't it exciting? It does not sound good for one Donald J. Trump. The New York Times is reporting that prosecutors in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office are signaling that criminal charges for the former president are likely to come for his role in the hush money payments to porn star Stormy Daniels. The Times reports the prosecutors offered Mr. Trump the chance to testify next week before the grand jury that has been hearing evidence in the potential case, according to four people with knowledge of the matter. Such offers almost always indicate an indictment is close. It would be unusual for the district attorney, Alvin J. Bragg, to notify a potential defendant without ultimately seeking charges against him. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office has declined comment. Now, if those charges are made, it would be the first indictment of a former United States president and the first time that Trump, who has faced numerous criminal investigations, would be charged with a crime. Now, that part is both true at at the end. I don't know what the crime was. I have said this from the very beginning, and and I'm willing to accept the fact that I just have a, a blind spot to it or whatever the case may be. I don't know what the crime is when we talk about hush money and Stormy Daniels. Hey, Stormy, we had ourselves a little bit of a moment there, you know, a little bit of a one of those. And so here's a couple of bucks. You don't say anything about it. Okay, have a nice day. What's the crime in that? What am I missing in in that story? I, I never understood it when when uh, the, the the criminal lowlife Mike Avenatti was talking about it. You know, like I never understood why Brian Stelter was slobbering all over him saying, oh, you could run for president. You know, and then Mike Avenatti would talk and Brian Stelter would go, hmm, aha, interesting. Brian Stelter really is a pathetic little sot 
or what do people call him, a potato? He's a pathetic little potato, whatever. That's rude. It makes me laugh, but it is rude. You called the man a potato. That is that is not even right. Besides, I like potatoes. I don't know if the man will get indicted or not indicted. I know that the people over there at MSNBC are just super, super excited about it. Oh, they, they couldn't be more happy. And then there was the, the prime minister of Canada being also. If you think I was talking about Orwellian stuff with the gun registries, um, Canada is proudly Orwellian. Today, I'm announcing that I will be appointing an independent special rapporteur who will have a wide mandate and make expert recommendations on combating interference and strengthening our democracy. And finally today, I can announce that we're investing $5.5 million to build capacity of civil society organizations to combat disinformation. Because we know disinformation, often generated abroad, can be a real threat to our elections, and it's a threat that the federal government cannot combat alone. So if I were to understand uh, just, uh, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, um, I'm bringing people in to oversee civil society and to decide what is good and is decent because the elected representatives clearly aren't enough. If you want to know whether the guy is a commie, it d- does it matter how nice the suit is? Tell me more about how great it is that he understands cloud computing. This is who he is. And who he is is, like, dangerous. This is some thug stuff. You elect people, but it's not enough. So I'll bring in an expert to decide what is and isn't acceptable, and we'll have to defer to the expert. Who elected the expert? Oh, I'm sorry. Right to the gulag you go. I'm sorry. The French gulag. So at least it will have nice cheese. Find everything. TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz today.